I'm Samantha Sherris, and this is the Daily Signal Top News for Friday, August 25th. Here are today's headlines. In a historic first, a former U.S. president took a mugshot at a county jail last night. Former President Donald Trump arrived at the Fulton County, Georgia jail around 7.30 p.m. He was fingerprinted, had his mugshot taken, and he paid a $200,000 bond. Trump and his motorcade left the jail before 8 p.m. Trump's visit to the Fulton County jail stems from the 13 felony counts he faces in Georgia, related to his alleged attempt to interfere with the 2020 presidential election results. The 98-page indictment says Trump and the 18 others knowingly and willfully joined a conspiracy to unlawfully change the outcome of the election in favor of Donald Trump. Fannie Willis is the Fulton County District Attorney who brought the indictment against former President Donald Trump. This Georgia indictment marks the fourth indictment Trump faces. After being booked at the jail, Trump returned to his plane at the Atlanta airport, and had this to say to press, per 11 Alive. I really believe this is a very sad day for America. This should never happen. If you challenge an election, you should be able to challenge an election. I thought the election was a rigged election, a stolen election, and I should have every right to do that. As you know, you have many people that you've been watching over the years do the same thing, whether it's Hillary Clinton or Stacey Abrams or many others. When you uh, have that great freedom to challenge, you have to be able to, otherwise you're going to have very dishonest elections. What has taken place here is a travesty of justice. We did nothing wrong. I did nothing wrong. Trump believes that the standard by which he has been indicted in Georgia could also be applied to former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton and Georgia gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams for contesting the elections they lost. But shortly after Trump left the jail yesterday, news broke that a bomb threat had been made against the Fulton County Courthouse. This is a separate location from the jail, but authorities believed the threat was in relation to the former president's indictment. Authorities did not report finding any bombs or weapons at the Georgia courthouse. Mask mandates are making a comeback as COVID-19 cases in some areas throughout the country begin to rise. So where exactly are these mandates taking place? The Hill reports that earlier this week, Lionsgate, the Hollywood movie studio, asked its employees to wear masks on certain floors of its facilities in Santa Monica, California, after a few staff members had tested positive for coronavirus. The Hill also reports that Kaiser Permanente began requiring its staff patients, and visitors to wear masks at a Santa Rosa, California facility. Cardiologist Dr. Jonathan Rayner, professor at the George Washington University School of Medicine and Health Sciences, said in a Wednesday tweet that it's time to reinstitute masking in clinical healthcare settings, as well as for people at increased risk of complications from COVID. However, not everyone is on board. Texas Republican Governor Greg Abbott tweeted, There will be no mask mandates in Texas. Missouri Republican Senator Eric Schmidt also tweeted, saying, No vaccine mandates, no vaccine passports, no mask mandates, no lockdowns. Stay tuned. 
There is no clear consensus on which candidate won the GOP debate Wednesday night. What we do know is that some of the candidates raised a good deal of money after the debate. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' presidential campaign raised over $1 million in the 24 hours after the debate. According to ABC News, the DeSantis campaign held an all-day fundraiser with donors in Milwaukee the day after the debate, which resulted in more than $1 million in donations. GOP donor and CEO of the investment management firm Point Ridge Capital, Hal Lambert, told ABC News that people were excited by DeSantis's showing on the debate stage. He said that the more we do these, people are going to realize that DeSantis is the only candidate on that stage that has a chance of beating Trump and is the only one that has a chance to become president. The Washington Examiner reports that 21 state and county-level officials endorsed DeSantis after the debate. The endorsements span across leaders in 10 states, including Arkansas, California, Colorado, Illinois, Kansas, Mississippi, Tennessee, Texas, Washington, and Georgia. But DeSantis was not the only one to draw in additional campaign funds after the debate. Entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy had taken in $450,000 immediately following the debate. Former Vice President Mike Pence received donations from more than 1,000 small-dollar donors overnight following the debate, according to The Hill. The next GOP presidential debate is set for September 27th in Simi Valley, California, at the Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation and Institute. A U.S. District Court judge denied Maryland parents' request Thursday for an order allowing them to opt their children out of instruction using LGBTQ pride storybooks. That's according to recent reporting from our colleague Tyler O'Neill. Atheist, Christian, Jewish, Muslim, and other parents demanded the right to opt out of an LGBTQ book curriculum for pre-K through fifth grades in Montgomery County Public Schools, a Maryland school district just outside the nation's capital. Although Maryland law requires to allow parents to opt their children out of all sexuality instruction and to provide advance notice for such lessons, the new policy, adopted in March, excluded any opt-out right. The parents sued, requesting a preliminary injunction to force the Montgomery County school system to restore the opt-out provision until the court fully resolves the case. Classes resume next Monday, so parents had hoped to secure the injunction before that date. District Judge Deborah Boardman rejected the parents' motion Thursday, ruling that they have not shown that the school district's use of the storybooks crosses the line from permissible influence to potentially impermissible indoctrination. Boardman, an appointee of President Joe Biden, ruled that Montgomery County Public Schools have not violated parents' right to free exercise of religion under the First Amendment because, under the policy, teachers will occasionally read one of the handful of books, lead discussions, and ask questions about the characters, and respond to questions and comments in ways that encourage tolerance for different views and lifestyles. The judge wrote, that is not indoctrination. We will include a link to Tyler's full report in today's show notes. And that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you for listening to the Daily Signal's top news. If you haven't gotten a chance, be sure to check out our morning show right here in this podcast feed where we interview lawmakers, experts, and leading conservative voices. Join us on Monday morning for the Daily Signal interview edition. 
I'll be sitting down with Virginia's Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears to discuss her new book, How Sweet It Is, Defending the American Dream. Also, make sure you subscribe to The Daily Signal wherever you get your podcasts and help us reach even more listeners by leaving a five-star rating and review. We read and appreciate all of your feedback. Thanks again for listening. Have a great weekend, and we'll be back with you all on Monday morning. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. Executive producers are Rob Bluey and Kate Trinko. Producers are Virginia Allen and Samantha Asheris. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. To learn more, please visit DailySignal.com.